Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting while hanging from the rafters of Climate Pledge Arena. Take it away, MarkBot 5000! Oh, it's true, it's damn true. This is not your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. But if there was a Robot Olympics, you better believe that your homeboy MarkBot 5000 would be taking home the gold medal for slanging that robot slong. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan and friend to humans, and animals alike of over 30 years, introduces one match per show to his stinky little friend, who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-expanding list. And one of these guys podcasted with two broken freaking heels. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And let's bring out the star of the show, a man that needs to follow my three eyes of intensity, integrity, and intelligence, but he may have added a fourth eye, impotence, flying Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Is that it? That's how you're at? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, that's it. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Thanks, Crispin Hickenbottom and the... Uh, uh, Imagineering team down in the Hard Mark Labs. Usually, there's a little bit of run on, you know. Uh, that was a short and sweet one, you know, just accusing you of yeah. being impotent, which I know I mean, is he's, not the case. He's hanging from the Raptors, you know, of Climate Pledge Arena. Well, yeah, clearly, yeah. Give you up there forever, yeah. And I'll uh, say just to dispute uh, the the claims made by Markbot, I think some some <laughs> erroneous algorithms may, may have been in place there. Uh, I know for a fact Ryan is not impotent. We did share a bed in Las Vegas. Uh, we did spoon a bit. I definitely felt uh, morning wood at one point in time, so I know that that hog is, yeah. is you know, at least 75% functional. That's that's even nicer than what Mark Pocket has said. That's perfect. Yeah, thank you, Eric. <laughs> right, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> Gentle nice. lover, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ryan, Ryan Bear. Yeah. That's what he likes it when I call him when we're sharing a bed. Let's head back <laughs> to the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, not the World Wildlife Fund. Vince McMahon's playground, and let's revisit a gentleman that we have not seen in a smidge. Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Mankind, a.k.a. a friend of the show, a man who notably supplied us with a gracious cameo where he provided some much-needed advice for our injury-prone co-host here. I didn't realize he had all these different, like, personas. And I feel like I've been on this podcast long enough to maybe I should have. Uh-huh. Or is this, like, a thing that... Um... Well, I mean, we saw our big deathmatch spectacular for episode 30 yes. was Cactus Jack. Yes. Right. And then we made a right. big to-do... About like, oh, now he's with the WWF, but he's not Cactus Jack anymore. Now he's Mankind. Yes, yeah, so we did. So I. I... <laughs> so it is. It has sure. been a bit. And and again, Mick Foley. He was the, he was the gentleman that we got the cameo from. He gave you some very worldly advice. He, he apparently stepped out of a window as a as dressed as Santa Claus one year and almost <laughs> fractured his own heel. But uh, since the last time we saw Mick, he was taking on Shawn Michaels. That was 25 episodes ago, so it's, it's been a little while. That match against Shawn currently occupies a place in our fucking amazing section of our list. It is currently the fourth greatest match of all time, according to Fly and Ryan. So that match was the first time that we had actually seen Mick under his new persona in the WWF, Mankind. Famously, and this is something we talked about before, but I'll refresh your memory, Ryan. Famously, Vince McMahon never wanted to hire Mick. He claimed that he looked sleazy during his time wrestling as Cactus Jack. Uh, in fact, one of the conditions of hiring Foley was that his face was to be covered up with a leather Hannibal Lecter-style 
mask. But over time, Mick Foley won both Vince McMahon and the fans over with his tenacity, his grit, and his willingness to sacrifice his body. Foley, who had originally been a courtesy hire for some of the higher-ups within the company, had now become a featured star on WWF television. And so, one day, as Mick was casually having a conversation backstage about his past exploits and the background of his decision to begin training as a professional wrestler, one of those higher-ups happened to be eavesdropping on that discussion. And after the conversation had finished, that person went straight to Vince McMahon and told him that Mick's real-life story was far more compelling than any fictionalized backstory that the WWF could come up with. And with that, the decision was made that a series of sit-down interviews would be played on TV, giving fans insight into Mick's history. Now, the original pitch is that Foley would be out of character for these. However, Mick wanted to tell his real story, but through the lens of the deranged mankind persona. This was agreed to, and in June of 1997, this interview aired in four parts. So we're going to take a peek at that now. We'll play some of the audio for the Markomaniacs here. And I try to do this sparingly, but I recommend everyone listening to this, if you have any interest whatsoever, I strongly encourage you to check these out. I think these this series of Mankind interviews are among the best things ever in wrestling. So I'm going to play some of the audio here. It's not going to do it all justice, so if you're curious... Do yourself a favor, you can find all this on YouTube, but we'll cherry-pick some of the, the best moments of that. Mick Foley wasn't like the other boys. He embraced physical pain as friend and companion. I was eight years old at Minnesaukee Elementary School playing a game of kill the guy with the ball. And in chasing one of the other students, I, I made a leap for his legs and the back of his foot kicked me in the lip. And I didn't know what happened. I knew it hurt Jimmy. I knew it hurt bad. But all of a sudden, people started looking at me in a different way, like there was something wrong with me. And my Chicago Bears white sweatshirt had suddenly turned red. And children were running from me, scared. I was bleeding. I was in pain. <laughs> and I was loving it. Because I felt like I'd finally found something in my life that I could do better than everybody else. Handle pain other people in their cliques, they would gang up on me because I was different, because I acted different, looked different. Bending down in athletic class, doing my hurdler stretch, and there was a bombardment of worms being thrown at me. So what do you do to retaliate? Do you throw the worm back at seven or eight people? It's not the fact they were hurting me, they were wounding my pride. They were looking at me like I was garbage. So I picked up the largest specimen, Jimmy, and I sucked it down! To show them that their attempts to hurt my pride would not be successful, I thought, Jimmy, that I'd shown them. But then, sure enough, the story became exaggerated as everything in life does, and it no longer became, well, Mickey Foley ate one worm because some kids were picking on him. It became, Mickey Foley eats a plate full of worms every day. Do you think I got many dates after that, Jimmy? Probably not. Do you think girls wanted to kiss a boy who had worms on his breath I'm a good kisser but I never got the chance to show it what am I going to practice on myself Jimmy I never had the chance to show the world that I could love and could be loved that's when Mickey Foley developed an alter ego a superstar with the athleticism of Jimmy Snuka and the sex appeal he so desperately wanted in high school I made a movie when I was 18 about myself where I was a wrestler. So in my movie, I was not Mick Foley. I sure as hell wasn't mankind. I was dude love. Every weekend, for the next two years, Mick traveled 800 miles round trip, eating and sleeping in the back seat of his 79 Ford Fairmont, still hoping to realize his dream. I knew I wasn't ready to be dude love yet. Never wanted to be Cactus Jack. I figured, and by golly, as soon as I get the, the ability that I'll get that heart-shaped tattoo on my chest, I'll put those earrings in, and I'm going to get the girls. Cactus Jack was supposed to be around for three months. He stayed for 11 years. 
every time I put on the mandible claw in my mind, that's Vince McMahon. And I'm saying, why didn't you take me when I was good? Why didn't you take me when I was young? All right, so we just heard a little bit of that audio. So, Ryan, you had the privilege of watching those videos earlier today. What did you think? So, uh, well, first of all, I watched it, and I, I thought it was very Daylight NBC. I thought Keith Morrison <laughs> should have been doing this, uh, you know, like. Um, and and then I started, like, hopping into the comments, and they were saying this. And I, wasn't I never asked sure, you like, to do that. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure, like, because, like, the top comments were like, this is part of like wrestling history. And I, and I think this is like so important and so well done. And it's probably like one of the best things that has come out. And like, okay. and I was going to ask, I was going to bring it up. I was going to be like, is that, I mean, YouTube comments can get a little crazy, you know, like sure. you can hear any song that like the best song in the world. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to know, like, is that, is that true? Like, is this like really, I mean, I thought it was interesting, you know, like I, I watched, I watched all, I was engaged, uh-huh. but like as a wrestling fan, was it like, because it was crazy. It was it was really wild. Like you know, like yeah, the mask and, mm-hmm. and everything that like was a part of that, and is like they kept showing his childhood and like yeah, you know, clips of him like doing like it all kind of came to me. But I, I I didn't know if this was like almost like some sort of like spoof because <laughs> it seems so ridiculous. Like you know, like what was going on, or like was this really like you know for wrestling? Was it like big at the time? Like were people like like was it important? It, it was it was very important. So so like <clears throat> they had done something that was very similar a few months prior. Like, do you remember Gold Dust? We've seen Gold Dust a couple yeah, times now. Yeah. He's all painted head to toe gold. Yeah. Uh, like he wears a wig to the ring, that sort of thing. They had done a very similar sit down interview with Gold Dust, but the difference was when they did the Gold Dust one, he was completely out of character. So so he was just like this Texan talking about like his life experience and like being the son of Dusty Rhodes and stuff like that. And so then, and like it was pretty well received overall. And like it did lead to kind of some changes within the Goldust character. And so then they were like, okay, well what, how can we take the same format and use it with like somebody else? And then mankind became kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the next subject of it. Mick felt, that the Mankind character was going so well and he was getting so comfortable with playing that persona that he didn't want to just drop the guise of like, oh, well, I'm really this, but then I'm playing this on TV. He wanted to like merge the two and kind of have this blending of them. And so just about everything that he said in those interviews was 100% real, but framed through the lens of this character of Mankind. So that that was another question, like how like true was like the backstory of his like childhood and how he got into wrestling and yeah. then yeah merging into the character he was playing during the interview, like how true like what which made it like pretty like interesting like that was the yeah <laughs> you know like that that's but I didn't but again I didn't know like how much of this was just like was being played off or so that that was his like kind of his introduction to wrestling how he got in but mm-hmm. with his character being like the end. Yes, yes. This uh, yeah. the the wrestling tape that they showed of him portraying this character, Dude yeah. Love, was really what got him an <laughs> in into like somebody oh. accepting him into a pro wrestling school, and then he started tr- like he was driving hours and sleeping in his car and doing all this crazy shit to like make it as a pro wrestler. And so again, Madison Square Garden by himself, Madison Square Garden. Which fun fact? So that that when they talk about the dive that Jimmy Snuka made off the yeah, top of the cage. Yeah. Uh, the date on that, October 17th, 1983, that is my exact birthday. That is mm. the actual day I was born. So I've always felt a bit of a kinship with Mick Foley for that uh, for that reason. Yeah. But I would say from a performance standpoint, that whole thing, I would put Mick Foley's acting during that interview up against like just about any movie I've ever seen, which sounds like <laughs> ridiculous to say out loud, but it's so fucking good. Like yeah. it's like, if you watch it, it's like, he is that character. Like that's just him. Yeah. And, and like, especially if you, you sit back and you think like none of that, that he said was scripted. 
the only thing that they planned in advance was that mankind was going to attack Jim Ross at the yeah. end. Yeah. They knew that was going to happen, but none of this was like dialogue that he had written down or anything. It was just literally like Jim Ross asking the question and him answering that question as the character mankind about his real life yeah. history. Uh, so just amazing, amazing stuff. I think it came off even better with the decision to tell his story as mankind. There were certain details that were sprinkled in there that were not true. Like he mentioned at one point in time that he doesn't believe in doctors. That was in character. That was like the mankind character saying, I don't believe in doctors. I believe in the body's ability to heal itself. But the worms. I, that that I believe was a real story. <laughs> yes. I think he wrote about that in his autobiography about how he was, you know, felt like these kids were picking on him. And so he's going to, you know, show them by eating a worm. That type of thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like really, really fucking good stuff. Again, I don't know how it came across to you here in the lens of 2022, but like I I probably watch those every like couple years. Like every time so, like somebody will post a clip from it and we're like, well, now I have to watch the whole thing. I remember watching those videos as a little kid. Not a little kid, but as a teen. And those interviews are on the short list of things that I have sat my wife down and forced her to watch with me because I think that they're that good. So as I was at Home Depot earlier today, swearing to myself and hating my life, I did a little bit of thinking, Ryan, about why these interviews have continued to resonate with me all these years later. So if I, if I psychoanalyze myself a little bit here, there were guys around this time frame that a teenager would want to be like. Like, you'd see them on TV, and you'd be like, oh, man, that guy's so cool. I wish I was like him. So it's not like a stretch that you would see, like, a Sting or a Steve Austin or The Rock, and you'd want to be like them. But Mankind was different. Mankind represented a lot of the same things that I was feeling as, like, a 13-year-old boy. So, like, to give you an example, one moment that I've always remembered, it's always stuck with me, in junior high, there was a girl that approached me. I think it was like eighth grade, and I knew she was awful. Uh, we didn't really know each other, but I knew enough about her to know she was a bitch. But she went up to me, <laughs> and she asked me if I wanted to go to whatever dance was coming up that calendar, like homecoming, or I don't even know if homecoming's a thing in junior high, but yeah. whatever dance was happening, she mm. asked me if I would go with her, which I wasn't interested but before I could say anything, she immediately responded with, oh, wait, no, you're ugly. <laughs> and then she, wait, walked, that... she walked away. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. And so as this kid with thick glasses, braces, acne, I was already very self-conscious. And so even though she wasn't somebody whose opinion I put any value in, that yeah. moment still hurt. And while Steve Austin was somebody that wrestling fans wanted to be, I think Mankind was probably a lot closer to how people actually felt. And so like that yeah. resonated. No, and it, that would, that came off in the video like pretty clearly, you know, like Yeah. That whole aspect of it, mm -hmm, for sure. Like, which is yeah. And most wrestling no, fans, believe it or not, are not the the quarterback on the football team. If you <laughs> if you can if you can buy that, uh, most I, of them are. It's a little... hard for me to like picture that, but <laughs> yeah. sure, if you say so, like you uh, know. right, <laughs> yeah. But back to our story. As a result of those interviews, a curious thing happened the fans began to cheer Mankind. The interviews, whether intentional or not, and by Mick's own account, it sounds like they were not necessarily designed or planned to be this way. It started giving fans sympathy for his character and made him more relatable in their eyes. Uh, another important development, which, Ryan, you already mentioned a little bit, uh, another important development from these interviews was the revelation around Mick's childhood wrestling persona, Dude Love. So with as well-received as those videos were, Vince McMahon wanted to capitalize on that goodwill. And so around this same time that these videos were airing, because it was chopped up into four different pieces, each piece would air at a different week. So you, you weren't getting it all at once. You were getting it over the course of like a, a month or so. And during the live show while all this was happening, Mankind had been unsuccessfully petitioning Stone Cold Steve Austin to form a tag team with him to combat the evil Canadian Heart Foundation. Uh, Austin, for his part, had repeatedly and violently rebuffed Mankind's advances 
doling out several Stone Cold stunners over the previous weeks to emphasize his lack of interest in teaming with Foley. However, during one match in particular, where Austin found himself defending the tag team championships all by himself, an unlikely ally would emerge to supply some support to Stone Cold. So this is not going to be the match that we watch here, Ryan, but we just have to watch a little snippet of this. Looks like you could use a little help, my man. Like maybe a tag team partner. What? What's the matter? Don't you recognize me? Now, I don't blame you for not teaming up with that mutilated freak mankind, but you never said nothing about teaming up with the hippest cat in the land. Steve-O, baby, it's me, Dude Love, and I am coming to save the day. Oh, have mercy. See? There you go. Yeah. It all comes together. Yeah. And look at this. Austin gives him the power. Austin gives him the power. And now Austin is going to shake Dude Love's head. Dude Love. And so uh, with that event, Mick Foley found himself with two alter egos in the WWF, the strange mankind and the sex symbol dude love fresh after this revelation Foley would actually use both of these personalities in an ongoing war with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the Connecticut blue blood that we've seen a few times palling around with Shawn Michaels. We also saw him in the ring for the very first time during the debut of the rock, just a couple of short episodes ago. Uh, Helmsley had been making Foley's life difficult, especially with the assistance of his female bodyguard, China after their most recent match in particular, a cage match where China slammed the door on Mankind's head, it became clear that Foley would need to dig deeper into his bag of tricks to overcome the numbers game. And so, in Madison Square Garden, a match was made pitting Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Dude Love in a Falls Count Anywhere match, meaning that you can pin your opponent anywhere in the arena, not just inside of the ring, and that weapons are legal. So this is going to be the final war to to settle the score between these men. And so we'll see if Foley has anything up his sleeve to combat Helmsley and China's combined might right here in New York City. And that's our match here today, Ryan. Any questions? I do have a question. Okay. So back to the interviews. Uh, Mm -hmm. Was the mutilation stuff like a part of him growing up or was that his character like... Because I know he did a lot of it, but was that part of the Big Foley's, like... You're talking about, like, all the scars and stuff? Like, like the fact that he was just willing to get, like, as fucked up as possible. Like, he enjoyed that in the ring, you know? Like, he was... So, I think the... He felt like a bit of an outcast growing up, and I think what you were kind of getting from that interview, but, again, through the lens of this Mankind character, he felt... Like when he was hurt and people like were giving him all this attention, he wasn't getting that attention ordinarily. So for him, pain and like being hurt and stuff was something that would was a way of him getting the attention that he wasn't getting mm. ordinarily. Okay. Like he okay. tells a story about his lip bleeding, like he gets kicked right. in the face, and it's right. and like everyone's gathered around, like oh my gosh, like it's bleeding so much. And for him, he's like, oh, that's not that bad. But he was loving the attention of of all these people around him like marveling at his his lip being busted open and so that was kind of what set his trajectory for his whole career got it yeah i just want to see how that flowed into his character but yeah no okay that, I just, that was all yeah and the story also just not that this plays in the match or anything but the story of him getting bumped to first class on the way back home yeah, from the king of the death match <laughs> and the lady voluntarily jumps from first class back to coach is also is true. true yes his whole so we watched the match again we were both drunk as fuck but we watched the match his whole arm was burning and he had like skin peeling and flaking yeah. off of himself honestly I'm not sure I'd want to sit next to someone like that either. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, you can't fully blame her as much as it set him off, and he still thinks about it to this day. Like, oh, anyone could have been that person. You know, he gets off on it, and, I, <laughs> and we love him for it. But uh, to finish things out before we watch the match, Ryan's record as it stands right now: thirty-eight, thirty-three, and one. He is on a two-match winning streak. He started to turn the corner, everybody. He started to turn the corner. Got a 4-1 and one record in the Big Apple, and he is 16-20, and 20, so actually a losing record, which I was surprised to uh, see, but a 16-20 and 20 record in WWF matches. So that's, uh, that's kind of a little snapshot of the data here, but we've got Dude Love versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China in his corner. Again, this is Falls Count Anywhere. You can pin your opponent anywhere in the building, or actually, well, anywhere, anywhere. It doesn't even have to be inside the building, technically. But yeah, pin does pin does not have to happen in the ring. No count out. Weapons are legal. All right. All right. And with that said, we will take a brief break. We'll, we'll watch the match. We'll come back with our thoughts on Dude Love versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Thanks, everybody. What a robbery between Dude Love or Mankind. Dude's alter ego. Balls count anywhere. No disqualifications. <laughs> I know what you must be thinking. Dude, what are you doing back here when you should be out there kicking some heavy duty booty all over the garden? Well, believe it's time we had a little rap. Because you see, falls count anywhere. Well, that's not exactly my bag, baby. It's not exactly a love thing. But I know somebody, daddy, who's bagged indeed it. <laughs> He's my man. He's my main man. You might even say, well, Daddy, he's a kind man. <laughs> Let's bring him out right now. Mankind, my main mandible umpire, big man, Donald. Oh, you're too slow. Hi, <laughs> dude. Thanks what? for having me here. The pleasure is all mine. You really are eye candy for the chicks, dude. That much I know, Daddy, but you got to tell me about this wacky match. Balls count anyway. As much as I've dreamed about destroying Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I know you have. As many horrible things as I'd like to do to him. I know you can. I know someone who dreams about it even more. Who is it, Manny? Someone who's willing to do even worse things than I am. Oh, no. Are you thinking what I think you are thinking? I think I am thinking what you think I think you're thinking. Can you bring him out, Manny? Here he comes. Where is he? Cactus Jack. He's back! Somebody spiked me! I thought he was dead! He's alive! Hopefully, it may be the darkest day of your life because it's Madison Square Garden and Mrs. Foley's little boy! Bye-bye! Bye-bye! Have mercy! What in the world? Oh, God! Drastic times call for drastic measures! over the rail, right into the people. And China really asserting herself in this matchup on Mrs. Foley's baby boy from nearby Long Island. And China just nailed Cactus in a steel chair, and he doesn't like it. We're back. We just, we just Cactus Jack. Well, well, dude, love, dude, love versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It turned out, dude, love did not actually. He was not the the competitor in that match. We we saw a little brief video interlude before the beginning of the match. He, uh, dude, love came on the the Titan Tron and basically said, uh, hmm, "Falls count, falls count anywhere. Not my thing." 
But, you know, maybe it's somebody else's thing. Mankind then came out. He's like, you know, as much as I'd like to inflict pain and punishment on Hunter Hearst Helmsley, I know somebody who would like to do it even more. And then we see the emergence of the third face of Foley, Cactus Jack, his debut in the WWF. Again, as we referenced in our notes earlier, Vince McMahon claimed Cactus Jack too sleazy for the WWF. He will ne- Cactus Jack will never wrestle in a WWF ring. Those were Vince McMahon's words. And here we are, Madison Square Garden, the biggest arena in the world. And uh, lo and behold, Cactus Jack is there, bringing out all sorts of plunder and whatnot. What did you think of the match, Ryan? I actually really liked it. Did you? I, couldn't, I did. I couldn't tell because, admittedly, I think it was... And I say this infrequently. A lot of the times we watch matches that I think maybe drag a little too long. This one may have been too short. I, I that's what I I liked about it. It was a re like they didn't. Dra- I know you're gonna go through it, but they didn't drag it out like to be this excessive. Like you know, it was just a match. Was the match insane? No, at all. You know, the match was just kind of, it was there. There was some impressive stuff that happened in the match, though. There were some impressive points. Like that steel, the rampway, that steel rampway that come down, there were some bumps that were taken on that that looked a little, little there, burly. There was, early. there was. There was some, there was some nice shots on that that looked, actually, there were some shots that looked pretty painful. I, I wouldn't say, like, you know, there was incredible moves or anything. It was mostly, like, slams, like, quick slams, you know, like, yeah. brought out some, like, the, the garbage can aspect of it, loved it. You know, <laughs> different different varieties of garbage cans. Yes. Yeah, you know. Uh, Your Rubbermaids. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, there were some good hits, but there wasn't anything spectacular in that match, you know. But it seemed more, I hate to say it, you know, a little authentic. You know? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he said it. Do you respect the match, Ryan? Respect the match. Respect the <laughs> yes. match. We're hitting. All, we're getting through all the hits here. Yeah. It's like the Rolling Stones going through and just playing "Beast of Burden" and all the all the songs you you know and love, Markomaniacs. Playing it back. Playing it back. But uh, let's get into the notes, as you mentioned. So Triple H, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, I should say, he's not Triple H quite yet. Hunter Hearst Helmsley enters with China holding a chain. Apparently, China, a little too muscular for you, not uh, the type of, of lady that you normally would go for. Yeah, no, no, right off, right off the looks. Um, like I said, I'm a little shallow here in these days, but um, I, had to, I had to swipe left on her real quick. I, I could see you in like a, a, a <laughs> sub. I could see you as a sub <laughs> to her dog. Like I mean, I'm not saying that wouldn't be like hot, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm not, but if I'm just, I'm just going straight looks, can I like handle this? It's not for me. Right. But sure. Like if you want to like throw that dynamic in, you want her to get like a little rowdy with me. Yeah. A little bit of death by snoo snoo. I think that could be good for you. Break off a piece of that, you know, break your dick off with some Amazon snoo snoo. I can think of worse ways to go out. But uh, we, we see a very brief interview with the host of Up All Night, Rhonda Shear. He, mm, uh, Jerry Lawler attempts to do one interview. His mic doesn't work. And then they give him a new mic and he tries it again. That was cool. Let her toss me around for a little bit, you know. We, uh, so uh, I was recently re-listening to maybe my favorite episode we've ever done of this show, the debut of The Rock. And how Sonny was on there, the most downloaded woman of 1996, mind you. <laughs> and Sonny, you could, as we mentioned on the show, you could transport to 2022, 2023, as it almost is, and a knockout yeah. regardless of year. I don't know that you could make, <laughs> make the same claim. Of she's like Sarah. she's like a little more like Pamela Anderson, like ish, yeah, you know, like that that stuff. But like that style, like had its place. I'm not I'm not shitting on that style. Like that style had its place in time. Like maybe you can't transport it, but like yeah. it was there. Like it was real. The only thing she teases more than men is, is that hair. Who that Rhonda Pamela Anderson? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, but it, it it just fit it fit the style. Like I'm I'm totally into that. Like. um She's you do like older star. ladies. We've we've established that. That's that's my my favorite uh, late era Ryan reoccurring bit is that Ryan likes older women. So hey, if anybody knows anybody, if anyone's Please. mother is recently single, send send them Ryan's way. 
the, the the three faces of Foley interview plays. Any thoughts on the reveal of Cactus Jack? Did you expect that to be happening? Any thoughts? Well, I thought it was Dude Love. <laughs> so yeah, it was Dude Love, then Mankind. Yeah. They're both sitting in yeah. chairs, and then Cactus yeah. Jack emerges. Yep. So uh, how do they, do they just put different people in those characters? Like, or is it, you know, I assume that's what they... No, it was him as all three but like you know you can do it where is that he, what they were doing it was a camera work like, yeah it was, ca- it was just fancy editing and camera work yes it was, ma- it was in Mick 1997 Foley. yes very rudimentary oh. th- the one thing that they couldn't do live so mick also emblematic of mick foley and his priority level mick was like we have to high five and the and the and the main editor was like well you can't you can't high five it won't, it won't work that way <laughs> And so then eventually they came to the agreement that they would be able to high five, but they'd have to do it off screen. So if you notice, when Dude Love goes for the high five, he puts his hand off camera. So it's like up above the shot. And so Mankind reaches, they have a superimposed clap sound effect. And then when he goes for the low five, then he moves his hand too slow. So, uh, but yeah, as Mick oh, Foley nice. is all That's characters. Nice but yeah, if you okay. notice, right. like if you're rewatching it, the audio is a little bit disjointed. Like, it, like you can tell, like he's just kind of waiting for the time. Like, okay, that sentence should be done now. I'll jump in on it. So it's not like a organic conversation. But yes, it was Mick Foley as all three parts. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Classic nineteen. I mean, that was like Jurassic yeah. Park level of of you know CG. Oh yeah. Like I'm wondering if it just would have been easier to like put three different guys. You probably find them that look close enough. Like the camera, it wasn't like the camera was that close into their face like. i think fans would have still picked up on it wasn't mick foley is all three but who knows you, you don't know but uh yes cactus jack is, is announced to be uh the surprise opponent of hunter hearst helmsley he emerges he throws out and before he even shows up you see all these garbage cans a broom all this stuff come from backstage and then cactus emerges from behind the curtain hunter tries to cut him off on the rampway but he gets a trash can to the face for his trouble, which was a reoccurring theme. I know you yeah. said, so if you had the choice of whether you would take a kendo stick or a trash can, you would pick trash can. Is that correct? Like a trash can. I think it feel like it'd be like a little rewarding, you know, like <laughs> just right. right. I don't know. Like there's something about that trash can. It just, that just hit. There's the satisfaction of like, if you see a dent in the trash can, you're like, yeah. I did that. Like the kendo yeah. stick, yeah. You don't you don't get that immediate satisfaction no. because it remains the same while your body has changed around the even stick. even with the chair you don't get that same satisfaction you know I love the chair like, I've seen chairs but, dent out on people's heads before so that can't also not, okay all right fair enough but like you don't <laughs> the same level as a trash can you know like it has to be that like aluminum yes. trash that old school aluminum trash can you mm-hmm. know I I agree I agree with that cactus he he tosses hunter into the ring post he starts tearing up the protective mats which i remember we saw the very first time we ever saw somebody tear the mats off the ground was in the very first match on this podcast i remember we saw i think it was andre the giant doing that and i remember you were so confused about it the first time that that we saw it so yeah still so fun to me to think back to those days so simpler days well, they landed. I mean, I think the first hit was right into the empty space. I don't remember if the first match did that. Like, no, yeah, uh, not really. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't great execution in, in the Andre <laughs> versus Hulk Hogan match. But yeah, in this one, Cactus Jack did a neckbreaker on the exposed area of the of the floor without the the mats there. No. But um, it's not too long before they start brawling outside. Hunter is literally running away from Cactus Jack. Uh, China cheap shots she kind of surprises cactus clotheslines him outside and then throws him over the guardrail and we've got some brawling out into the fans there was even a body slam out on out into the hallway of the uh arena which i'm sure that wasn't uh, especially pleasant for old cactus jack but hunter walks back towards the arena he kind of goes to check on cactus and oh cactus shows up with a fire extinguisher which I don't know how to, I do have a fire extinguisher in my home. I should probably get a new one. <laughs> As it turns out, uh, you should use it though when you get a new one. I've never used a fire extinguisher. And I'd love to I never see what have that's like either. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna get a new one, maybe maybe just hit that hit that old one. See what's like. What on myself? 
Well, no, like you just do on anything. Like you just fall in the driveway. Oh, oh okay. I was, I thought maybe you're getting at you would volunteer to take a fire extinguisher no, in the face. No, no. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Not, not, you you volunteer to do dumb shit a lot, so like I thought maybe I could luck out. <laughs> we we had we had we had fire extinguisher training at uh, work the other day, and you know they play the video and like they can't figure it out, and <laughs> so maybe like a little practice on the. Uh, I mean, you just basically pull a pen, right? Like, I mean, I think you do. So, when you, you say work, it. when you say work the other day, are you talking about your new job? No, no, I could have won. Yeah, I could be work from home. Okay, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are they giving you? Fire? Your laptop catches on fire. You know, like, <laughs> okay, so before time, you left your previous time, job, like... okay, I understand now. I was like, yeah, is this part yeah. of the opening modules? Like, hey, if there's a fire in your work from home situation, that's yeah. how you address it. So one thing I thought was interesting, and probably one thing that they didn't like so much. So Cactus Jack throws Hunter into the guardrail, and the whole guardrail just comes down. Like they're both ba- yeah. basically laying all over it. The fans were like surprisingly docile. Like nobody got fucking crazy and started like storming the ring or anything like that. But uh, but uh, yeah, especially fans are well behaved. They like, were. They is- were. Like, they're more well-behaved than I think any group of fans out there. Like, wrestling fans are surprisingly well-behaved. Like I've thought about this. Eventually, I will specifically point out a match where somebody storms the ring. It doesn't happen sure. that often. Maybe, like, once a year or so. Well, what about, like, I mean, what you see in other events, a lot of, like, streakers, you know? You don't I've see never, that in wrestling matches. I've never seen a streaker. I've never yeah. ever seen a streaker. I'm just saying you got to give respect where respect's due. Like these guys go to the match and they they're there for the match. Like they they're not fucking around. It's like, true. Maybe they like to touch and like get involved with it, but like they're they're very well behaved. Like the yeah the only it. let's see in wrestling the only things that I've ever seen for somebody like jumping the guardrail either they're going to like help the wrestler that they like. Or like and, and attack the wrestler they don't like by proxy, or they're going to like celebrate with the wrestler they like. Yeah, and, and that's it. I, I think they carry all of their energy within their signs. <laughs> you know, that's I think how they they get it out. And yes, what you know. So you got yeah. Uh, I've seen many fans get their fucking shit kicked in bad. At, like a wrestle, like when they're in the yes. So, yeah, like, if, yeah. if, a, if a wrestler sees it happening, what'll happen is, so when you're in the ring, you have the advantage because if, like, the only options of people getting in the ring is that they have to either roll under the rope or they have to, like, go through the ropes. That's, like, a, a situation where you have to, like, coordinate your body through that situation. That gives the wrestler time. If they see you, they're going to jump all over you and beat the fuck. I've seen referees beat the fuck out of people before. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. If any time he saw a fucking fan run in, he would beat the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of them. He would go fucking ape shit, and it was always yeah. entertaining for me to see that. But uh, eventually, we'll 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 watch a match where that happens. Didn't happen in this match because, again, very well-mannered Madison Square Garden fans. Uh, where did we leave off here? So yeah, Hunter gets thrown into the turnbuckle. He takes a big bump over the top. Cactus leaps from the second rope. He misses. He's trying to crash on top of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, but he crashes on top of the, what is it called here? The trash can. And he basically crushes the trash can under his weight. China then throws Cactus Jack into the steps. We've got a little commercial break, which I know you were surprised about. But yeah, commercial breaks can happen whenever. Some Most of the time they happen between the matches, but a lot of times if it's a longer match, they'll happen right in the middle of well, shit. Well, it's not that long of a match. No, it really wasn't. Yeah, to, to break no. it up with the commercial, I don't disagree. Uh, when we come back from that, Hunter is working Cactus Jack over with a broom. Got a neck breaker on the rope. The part that you, of all the th- sometimes the things that you don't like always make me laugh, and I'm intrigued by the thing that you hated most in this match. Not that you disliked it that much, but you did claim it was the weakest thing you'd ever seen, which I. <laughs> I disagree that this is the weakest thing you've ever seen. But China's basically hoisting Cactus Jack butt back up on top of the ring apron to get him back into the ring. I, was, I mean, it's just a terrible look. 
she had been like clotheslining him and like being a big part and then like you could tell like she uh, like she couldn't do it <laughs> and he's like putting himself like i mean like he's at least two, like 287 pounds ryan i'm not saying like i get it i'm just like at least make it you know you're fucking wrestlers you know like make <laughs> it look real like you know right. that's what you do for a living like <laughs> is that so hard I'm great at my job. Why can't you be great at yours? Uh, so, so Cactus, Cactus gets back in the ring. We've got a chair to the gut. Then Cactus hits a low blow. The first of two low blows. No. I think this is the one where he basically like mule kicked from behind. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And then he uh, hits the sunset flip, which I remember we saw. He did that move as Cactus Jack to Sting many, many episodes ago. When he so a sunset flip is basically. Your opponent is kind of like bent over. They're like, oh, my tummy bent over. And you do a flip over them and you grab their hips and you kind of twirl them over so that their shoulders on the mat. And you can pin them. Cactus Jack used to do that on the outside of the ring. He would jump from the ring to the floor and like do it. And he'd basically take a big splat bump, like a flipping splat onto the concrete and then gently flip their opponent over, which was always just brutal to... Uh, to watch from that perspective but we've got hunter gets taken down briefly china runs in he she hits um mick foley with a chair to the head that's not enough cactus he then blocks the second attempt at a chair shot he throws the chair down hunter hits him from behind and then china is sandwiched between the chairs and cactus jack and that effectively is taking her out of the rest of the match yeah, that was the most brutal move of the match. Like she looked, I mean, <laughs> it looked good. good. I think she was protected. I'm sure she was not hurt in any real way, but it looked, it looked great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it did. So now we've got a, a fully fledged one-on-one match. China again, she's out of the equation. Uh, we've got a big suplex on the ramp, which anytime I see moves on that fucking ramp, that ramp has no give to it whatsoever. No. So it's always impressive to me. So it's, it's not like a bat. Trampoline, you know, style. Like. It's not a fucking trampoline. <laughs> uh, Hunter Hunter with uh, a second trash can. Now we've got a rubber, little Rubbermaid deal, uh, trash can to the head. Then he brings out a snow shovel, which I think he used once and then discarded it very quickly. Cactus is then just thrown back first. That's always one of my favorite McFoley bumps, is just the violent, th- like, grab him by the hair, throw him backwards, and it just looks so vicious. That one was bad. That looked uh, like it hurt. Sold it well. Absolutely. And so while Cactus is kind of down selling that, that's when Hunter Hearst Helmsley grabs a table. And so we see the table. It's definitely not the tables that they would go on to use in later years. This is kind of like a a rudimentary 1997 table. They both climb up on top of it. There was some bowing of the middle of the table, but again, we're talking about upwards of 500 pounds centralized in one spot of this table so it's not shocking to me that it would be some plywood ass shit right there like okay what's your point i don't know if it looked really hard i thought it was going to come out and like that thing was not going to flex because it looked Uh like a pretty sturdy piece of wood maybe a few two by fours on that or something like you know but it was thick that thing it was thick it was thick that thing i think shattered pretty pretty easily i mean you 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 want it to but yes I, well right like but i mean i don't know what your complaint is about this fucking take it just it just like once they got on it you could tell that it was like a dip you could you could put some water in there to be a pool like you know like you're that's bullshit it that's was 500 bull- fucking pounds on top of the fucking table how many tables Sorry. could you put 500 pounds on that are, like, that style of table? Like, I don't understand. Have you, ever, like have you a- ever stood on a deck, Eric? Have you ever stood on a fucking wood deck? You got a bunch of people out there. Does that thing bow that much? This is not a deck. This is I'm a table. I'm just saying, Eric. I'm it's just, a, yes. A single piece deck. of wood. I'm just saying. Maybe seven feet long. Okay. Okay, Okay. great. Anyways, okay. <laughs> way to shit on the fucking end of the match, you asshole. So they're both on top of the table. Hunter signals for his finishing move, the pedigree. Cactus with his second low below the match. Cactus then hits him with a pile driver through the table to the steel ramp, which, again, even even factoring in the bowing of the table, like, that's still a fucking dangerous move. It's, it's a steel ramp underneath your, both of your bodies, so it's still, like, 
very impressive. There's a pinfall, which is basically like Cactus Jack. He's like, he's done for. He's spent. Uh, he has just enough energy to get like an arm over Triple H. They count the pin, one, two, three. And as soon as that three goes, uh, that's when China runs in. But she's just a second too late. And Cactus Jack wins the match. Which brings Ryan's record up to 39-33-1. He's on a three-match winning streak, everybody. What a comeback. That's, that's the biggest story of this whole thing. What a comeback for Ryan. That's what I do. I get down and I, I get back up. <laughs> He's a regular chumbawamba over here, this, this, this guy. Any, any other thoughts on the match before we rank it? No, I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. Okay. Was solid. Well, that will help inform our ranking. Do some science. Let's get our, our beakers and our uh, we'll, we'll uh, put our test tubes together. We'll start uh, mixing master mixologists over here. Uh, uh, Red Robin, one of my favorite scientific establishments. They're master mixologists. Uh, but I've got, the, I've got the list pulled up. I thought the smash was good. I thought the smash was good. Um, so does that mean it's going to be in our good section? It would be in a good section, yeah. Like, okay. um, you know, I've never done this before. I should probably start because I, so I have started posting. Well, I haven't started. I've been doing this for a bit. I've been posting on our. We have a, a, a master list of all of rank, Ryan's rankings so far. Uh, for anyone who's curious, the good section right now, anyway, is from nineteen, ranking uh, number nineteen, which is Andy Kaufman and Jimmy Hart versus Jerry Lawler. And then the bottom of good is Gorgeous George versus Hans Schnabel. So that is the good section as it stands right now. Um, I, think it, I think I could put it the new new 27. So bumping down Hulk Hogan and Tenru versus the Road Warriors. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I think so, right? Plus Stone Cold. It used to be that you were, uh, oh, below Stone Cold versus, oh, so that was, a, that was the last match that we watched. So the, you, you enjoyed this just a shade under the, the match that we watched last last time. Yeah, it was just right to the point, you know, but okay. uh, it you know, didn't have anything spectacular. But it, I thought, like, it, it meant something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. We've got a new twenty-seven, a new good match. It's kind of right, right in the thick of things. We'll see. We'll see uh, next next week how we feel about that uh, that match. We'll see if we kind of break up this whole middle of good. I don't know. Maybe it'll be really great. Maybe it'll be something you hate a lot. I don't know. I I'm not Ryan's father. I can't predict what he's going to do. He's a real wild card. That guy. One thing you could do one time, maybe stop clicking when you're talking, please. Play the same match. Two just a random match to see a, if it gets re-ranked at the same spot. I don't know that I would do that. I don't know that I would waste our an episode dedicated to the same match we'd already done, but I am considering in the near future, there is only one match that pisses me off on that list. Which uh, It is currently 12, Chris Champion versus Don Valentine. I am considering for a future episode where we have a little bit less backstory to get into. So it's like, okay, well, we've got a little bit of time. Maybe we can do something uh, on the side. I am considering re-ranking that one because that is literally the only one that I point to and be like, that's bullshit that that is there. It's like too low or too high? It's way too fucking high. It's it, right now <laughs> that is in the great and you can even see if you scroll to the right. I don't know how big your monitor is. It says great, except the Don Valentine match. There is nothing that I would love more than to have you try and justify why that is a great match. <laughs> I see that. I've never noticed that. How long has that been there? Though since I created this revised version of this list, but uh, that that may happen. Maybe not next episode. But the, the the following following episode, I'm giving that consideration. So we we will see if that that takes place or not. We'll see how long my notes are. I will say, not to not to scare anybody off, but uh, so you remember the Montreal Screwjob episode, Ryan, the one where there's some there was some bullshit. Vince McMahon was like, I want to get the title off of Bret Hart, and I'm gonna and okay. say that he gave up, but he didn't really give up. That sort of thing. Do you not fucking remember this? I there's like seventy matches, man. Like we just—it was like three or four episodes ago. But don't call me out. Like all the contract the shit. Like we talked about contracts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ten okay, year, yeah, ten yeah, years, yeah. or twenty yeah, years, that, ten million dollars, etc. Yes. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, 
That one was, I think, the longest set of notes I put to to date. I was curious <laughs> about how many, like, what the word count on on it was, so I copy pasted it into uh, um, Word. Word. It was uh, sixteen hundred words. My notes were. Yeah, I, which is it's hard to say what that breaks down to, like, because you say a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's a good point. Uh, yeah, uh, the, that the, was, and again, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I, and I'm not going to reveal what this match is. I, I took a look at my notes for next episode. It was over 2000. So I was like, this, th- these are the longest notes that I've ever put together for a match. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see how that, how that goes. I, I may, I may end up cutting that down a bit. We shall see, but we've got a new 26. So we got to end, we got to end this thing. I know it sucks. I know you wish that we could just talk forever. We could spend all of our time together. We know. I know you wish, like, oh, let's. It's. I know it's eight o'clock, but can Ryan just please not eat any chicken tonight? Uh, <laughs> but he, he has to eat chicken. He has to eat. He's starving. He's had. I don't, how much tequila have you had so far, Ryan? Enough. Enough. <laughs> He's been drinking out of a mug. He's been drinking tequila out of a mug, and he hasn't eaten any. You've eaten spinach today, is that correct? Seaweed. Seaweed. S- seaweed? Chips? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like the little dried pieces of seaweed. Gosh, he is. he's just getting cut up. We're going to see yeah. his abs this time next year. He's just going to be all shredded up. Can't wait to see that. I'll show up at the camping trip, you know. Please, yeah, there you go. Be there for it. But uh, let's finish this thing with a little segment I like to call... And the world likes to call Eric's Wisdom Tree. I added a little bit of Metallica James Hetfield on the end there. Light bulbs are fucking bullshit. <laughs> so, so let me expand upon that, because that's the only note that I have for this fucking wisdom. But I knew when I went to Home Depot earlier today, my wisdom was going to be light bulbs are fucking bullshit. How many fucking things do we need on light bulbs? I I've been in my home now for eh, I think just over four years. Mm-hmm. There are so many different fucking light fixtures in this home. I I think I legitimately have over fifteen to twenty different styles of light in my house right now. And like I'm removing the bulbs and I'm trying to like look at them to be like, okay, what should I be replacing this with? And like, it'll show Watts. It'll show lumens. It'll show the number of volts. It's showing me all these different things. It's like, I don't need this. Just tell me what I need to replace you. And that's all that I fucking need. And then, and then Ryan, (laughs) when I go to fucking home Depot, it'll, it'll say 60 Watts, but you know what? It's only using 13. And it's like, fucking tell me the watts that it is so I know that I'm not fucking blowing my fucking shit up and that's all that I want to know. Like, There has to be an easier way than just going to Home Depot and be like, duh, am I looking for lumens or am I looking for watts? <laughs> like, this fucking shit needs to end. I, I understand we're just past the election season. Does there need to be election reform? Yes. Am I in favor of ranked choice voting? Yes. Am I in favor of a multi-party system beyond just two? Yes. But all of these are secondary to fucking light bulbs. All of it. Wow. I came out here fired up. Ridiculous. Like you got me fired up. Here's what I... Let me pull up my fucking phone right now. Oh, wait. Did I delete that note already? I might have. I might have already. Once this is important enough for me, I know exactly where it is. Give me one second. I swear to God, I won't keep you from your chicken for more than just two minutes. Okay. Okay. I'm reading this thing. Utilitech. That's the name of the company. 13 watts, which for the record, if you go to Home Depot or any lighting store, it doesn't say 13 watts. It says 60 watts, but only uses 13 no logic in that 13 watts 120 wac 60 hertz h capital h lowercase z i don't know what that means 60 hertz 210 m a lowercase m uppercase a uh eight 300 lumens 800 i can't read it 800 900 
900 lumens, and all this information. I don't need that level of detail. I just need to know what fucking lights to get. Is there an easy way to do this? Am I an idiot? I mean... <laughs> you were a homeowner, Ryan. You tell me. <laughs> I just look at the light that was existing, and I'm like, this light looks pretty similar. Uh, I'm going to plug this thing in like, and see, hopefully... Wait, it so you were just going, like, if, if you saw this light, it's a little curly Q pigtail, you would just go to a store and be like, oh, that looks like a curly Q light? That's all you would do? Yeah. What? Really? Is it that? It's not that easy. That's probably, like, a bad idea. I've never had an issue with it. I've never had it. I, <laughs> you were only a homeowner for, like, a fucking year and a half. <laughs> but I, I, so I went to the store, I went to Home Depot earlier today, I, yeah. like, screwed all my light bulbs back in, and I shit you not, each time that I did it, when I turned the light on, I made this, I made this face, like a, ooh, yeah, yeah, face, yeah. and I, like, <laughs> shied away, thinking, like, if this bursts, I'm fucked, like, this is a bad idea. But, like, there needs to be a website or something where you can just plug in, this is my light, and then it's just, like, you need this. Well, how did you even go about, like, finding that light? Like, did you, like, you, one light went out. Uh Uh-huh. Did you just take the bulb off and look to see, like, what it was? It probably says it on there somewhere, right? Well, that's what I was just reading. I was just reading all the the stuff. That's the old light. Yes, this is the the light that burned out. Correct. Yeah, so you just go to Home Depot, you get on your little app, and you punch in, like, the little... Hey, this is the light. And you go find the light. You plug it back in. Like, are you not listening to me, Ryan? I'm just telling you. Like, I'm trying to give you. Like, you're. It's you're, giving me a combination of things that I can't possibly replicate yeah, at a home. The, put, put it up to the screen. Let me see. Let me see what's up. Where's the? You put it can't up the read it. You're not going to be able to it's read like, it. You've had way too much tequila to fucking read this. You're scared right now. You're I'm scared. not scared. I'll send you a picture of it, but uh, hold on. Where is it? It's all that you're not going to be able to read this tiny text. Well, it's it's your camera. I'll, I'll I can't. You, I'll send you a picture if you really want to yeah. just fucking like be a dick and refute but everything like, I'm but, saying. Okay, I don't. I'm not. I'm the prob- past, Here's the biggest right? problem. Here's the okay, biggest problem. Then you can you're say your done. thing. <laughs> then you can say your thing after after I say the biggest problem. No, no, no I don't. You go ahead. Yeah. The biggest problem is this thing says 13 watts. If you go to a store, they don't have lights that just say 13 watts. They say 60 watts, but only uses 13 because we're in the age of fucking LED and all this other shit. So it's trying to like give you this false equivalency. I don't need these things that it's giving me. Just tell me like how I don't blow my house up and give me the lights I need. And that's all. (laughs) But you just... Eric, do you turn the electricity off, like, before you, or not, you don't have to switch the breakers, but do you turn the light off at least? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, okay, so, I don't, like, all you have to do is fucking just plug it in and turn the light back on, and basically 100% of time, it just works. I'm sure, I'm sure that if you have a mismatch of, like, wattage or something like that, that would be bad for your home. Has that ever happened to you? No, because I always make a point to like try and find like something that's equivalent. Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna unscrew one of these light bulbs that's sitting on my seat, and I'm gonna plug in the most powerful fucking light bulb I can find, and I'm gonna sit there, and I'm not gonna like cringe. I'm just gonna turn the light back on. And if the whole house goes dark, the whole neighborhood shuts down. I'll know I fucked up, and I'll come back on and say, Eric, you know what? You're right about all the stress, but nothing's gonna fucking happen. Take it right? a step further. When you when you oh. turn the light on, make sure your tongue's on that light bulb. Eric, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a nine-volt battery we're talking Put your money about, where right? your mouth like, is, Ryan. Put your tongue on it. Hashtag put your you tongue gotta, on it. You just got to trust your instinct, all right? You so you don't, have, you don't have a solution for this. You're just saying, fuck it, let the, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, like, I'm going to go get the most, like, no, you're corresponding not. light bulb to, like, what this was. I'm going to plug it in. And if I have to, like, type in a little code on the app, no big deal. I'm going to go find it. It's all good. I was a homeowner for two years. I know codes. I know Home Depot codes. This is the second time. What's the app? What are you talking about with the app? What's the app? There's a Home Depot. Okay, so you go into Home Depot. You need a thing. You go, you punch in the thing, and it just tells you which aisle it's on and which section it's in. And then you go buy it. Is this true? Super. Oh, it's so easy. Like it's the I wouldn't go to Home Depot without this app. See that. So here's, and this isn't related to the light bulb thing, although it did piss me off too. I fucking went to Home Depot not for like a ton of things. I needed a couple of light bulbs, and yeah. I, I needed uh, a new flapper for my for my toilet, uh, and then I needed a, a a filter for my for my furnace. And I went to the the furnace filter section, and guess what? 
I needed an 18 by 25 furnace filter. They had mm. every other combination of sizes. They did not have mine. So you go to Lowe's. I'm you get the app. I don't even know where the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just fucking twisted the fucking knife in my heart. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. I just wanted to get my, my thing out, and you're just... I'm not looking for answers here, Ryan, although I kind of am, but all I just want is someone to listen to me and vent to, and you're not giving me that, and I, I hate you for it. I am still going to plug in the most powerful light bulb that I can find. In this you and I both know that you're not going to do that. I am. One of them is actually out right now. Actually, hold on a second. I thought he was like super hungry, but apparently he's not fucking hungry enough to like... What's he doing? His light's on. Oh, gosh. Okay. Ride versus the headphones. Yeah, I mean, there's a skew number. There's a model number. I mean, like, this is not that. It's a fucking skew number. Well, what the fuck? What do you mean skew number? Skew number on there. There's a model number and there's an SW number. I don't know what that is, but like, I don't have a skew number. I mean, you're making it sound okay. What do you do with your fucking skew number there, big shot? Well, I'm, I'm I'm assuming there's some like like there's a model number, right? So the SKU number is probably just for them, but the model number is probably something you could like punch into their to their app and be like, hey, like I need this, mod-. or why why not? Like if you're so stressed about it, bring the light bulb into one of the guys, the electricians there, be like, hey, like I just need this. One of the electrician, yeah, one of the many electricians on okay. site at Home Depot. Okay, you know, you know, there's a lot of old fucking electricians who like. For some reason, they don't want to retire, and they're like, oh, "I just want to work at Home Depot." And, do, and they, you bring it to them, they're like, "Hey, like, can you just help me out? Like, find this uh, this model, like this this kind of light bulb." They're like, "Oh, yeah, no worries." Like, have you. you ever seen a 1990s comedian? You know that men don't ask for directions. Yeah, I do. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> born in that era. All right, I'm a new era guy. Like, I need I need all the help I can get. Yeah, you do. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to send you a picture of this, Ryan, and you can tell me if there's something I'm fucking missing, but I feel like I've got it pretty well in hand. I Again, the bulbs that I that I bought, they work, so like that's the most important thing, but still, it's bullshit that I have to jump with. All- it took far longer than it needed to, because light bulbs need a revamp, everybody. We just need to create like a fucking system here, assign different bulbs, number one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I need an eight. And then you just buy an eight light bulb, and then then maybe like your little yeah that corkscrew that'd be that'd be great pig pig dick style bulbs <laughs> are like a fucking oh that's a that's yeah. a B level so you need a B eight or something like like this is this is easy I'm just saying it out loud and this is already a better system than what you have but anyway I can tell Ryan's hungry he's he's getting mercury poisoning from handling his existing light bulb (laughs) (laughs) our next episode will be back right before christmas i swear i will be calmed down by then it will be december 15th so uh expect to see that rumpus time i don't know what we'll talk about run and rank something it'll be a good time join us won't you but uh, if you're not hard (laughs) no that is it that is it i've made myself laugh (laughs) i forgot that was the thing you had it exactly right like yeah I was like, who would say that? Uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That is all, folks. I hate to say it. You know, a little authentic. 